Hello and welcome to the next installment of FX Refreshed, where we continue to talk to supply chain experts. And today we have John Radvansky, MD at JPR Logistics, about his entire career being in the logistics world, living in Europe and dealing with the transition of working from home. We hope you enjoy. Get to know you a little bit better. Get to uh, you know understand um, maybe some of your thoughts and feelings around what's happening in the industry. Okay. Um, and maybe you know if if we even wanted to have it be a bit more specific to something that's more prevalent to what you, or the area that you've been working in. Okay. I mean, looking at your looking at your profile, um, it looks like you know, dangerous chemicals and mm-hmm. things that might explode seem to be right up your uh, right up your street at this point in time. So if we want to delve into that a little bit more, okay. then happy to do that. But for um, for my benefit and maybe that of others, you might, could you give us a bit of a a background of like what it is you're up to today? Okay. You mentioned that you've moved to the south side. You used to be more on the buy side. Like what it is you're doing today and then kind of almost like what prompted that move to, to okay. um, where you're at today as well. Okay. Well, uh, I was uh, in, in chemical distribution, uh, worked for Selenese and a spinoff of Selenese, which is a company called Oxea for many, many years, uh, more or less on the commercial side. So what I, what I was responsible for was negotiating the contracts, rates and route service levels, with not only trucking companies, but with railroads, with steamship lines, with barges, terminals, warehousing. Uh, spent some time in procurement as well, buying the packaging materials such as bags, drums, etc. cetera. Uh, spent some time uh, at a global marine terminal down in Houston where uh, I was on the operational side and I was responsible for scheduling all the ships and barges and whatnot coming into the facility. It was an international facility, so we ship uh, bulk vessels all over the world. And I was responsible for the coordination of all the inbound inventories and all the outbound shipments. I spent some time in Europe as well. I went to Germany in the 90s and was at a, the Herxt site. So I've got some international experience as well. And I learned how to learn what it's like to live and function in a foreign country. Learned how to speak German while I was there. So it was, did? Uh, it, it, they, my, uh, it was German from day one. So I had to learn German. I took the Berlitz classes well before I left, but that was more or less kind of a survival type German, right? You know, how to, how to get, get around town and how to ask for directions and things. And then when I got there, though, it was all German day one. And by the time I left, I was pretty, pretty good. I was fluid, uh, but it's been quite a few years and I'm, I'm rusty. Okay. Uh, but uh, what in uh, not two thousand. 2019, my company, Oxea, moved to Houston, and I didn't want to move to Houston. So then I, I, I left them. So basically, I was with the same company for almost 39 years. And I went to work for an oil and gas company for a year. And that just didn't, didn't really work out. I didn't, we didn't, I didn't fit into the culture there. So uh, last year, uh, I'm out there looking for a role, uh, of course, during the time of COVID, and uh, me and 20 something other million Americans are out there trying to find a job. And I got very close on several. Um, then all of a sudden, well, we're going to hire internally or we're not going to fill this job now or it's, we're just not eliminating the role. So after a while of doing that, I said, you know what? I got all these years experience. Uh, so I formed my own little LLC. It's a little consulting company. I'm a one man show. 
and uh, had a guy reach out to me with a company called Bulk Connection, and they're a third-party non-asset broker that specializes in the bulk area in tank trucks and chemicals, which is what I've done my whole life. He said, with your background, with your experience, with your contacts, I think you might make a good agent for us. So that's where my primary focus has been right now. And uh, it's, it's starting to pick up. Uh, actually, what's been happening is because of all the contacts I have out there, people have been reaching out to me and said, hey, John, I see you're doing this. Uh, can you help us? Uh, so a lot of my old Celanese and Oxea contacts have contacted me, and I've been able to work with them through Bulk Connection to help them get some loads on some products they haven't been able to move. Uh, the market right now is extremely tight. I mean, as as we all know, the, there's a driver shortage out there, and it's even yeah. worse when you when you're looking at things like uh, specialized transportation, like tank trucks. I mean, they, they've got to have more qualifications than somebody that just drives a van. So it's been difficult. Um, I have been onboarding my customers very slowly, right? Because uh, there's just so much capacity out there. So I'm spending time right now kind of building the relationships with the customers, finding out all right, where are your hot spots, where are your trouble spots, and then slowly but surely bringing them into the fold over there at Bolt Connection. Right. So long term, of- it looks, yeah, long term, I think it's going to be very good. Uh, probably something I should have done years ago is go out on my own. So uh, sometimes when things happen, forces you into another direction and yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to like it. It's going to work out for me. Excellent. Excellent. We know yeah. that only too well. What type of, um, what type of clients are you looking at then, John, what type of entities are you, are you yeah, touching or industries? Yeah, it's, it's, it's chemicals basically. Uh, chemicals? Like, okay. Yeah. Chemical companies. Uh, most, most of the products that I'm dealing with are hazardous, uh, whether it's a corrosive, whether it's a flammable, I have a lot of experience in that area, and, and this company that I'm working with, they were formed back in 1987 by a couple of ex-Matlack executives, and Matlack used to be one of the largest tank truck carriers in the, in the United States, and they saw a need for this, so they formed this company, and uh, they, since 87, uh, they've hauled almost 400,000 loads of, of chemicals throughout the United States and, and Canada, so they're, they've come in and filled the niche. There's... There's lots of brokers out there, as you know, left and right that handle yeah. vans and things like that, but not as many that really specialize in, in this particular area. Right. So it's, okay. it's, been a, it's been a good fit for me. And then I've, I'm working with another uh, broker on several other interesting projects. So I've got several good things in the pipeline, but right now the major focus has been on the, on the bulk connection. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, bulk, so, but is bulk connection... Um, or our bolt connection is uh, probably the correct way to uh, ask the question. Mm-hmm. Are they considered to be a broker? They are. They're third-party non-asset, so they are they a broker. Are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the good thing about them is uh, they uh, – what, what I try to tell shippers, for example, is when you get to that point where all of a sudden you need 20 trucks, and rather than you call – put the blast emails out and call 20 different carriers, let bulk, let bulk connection or any broker do that. Right. They've got the connections. They can, they can go ahead and put out all the feelers out there. They know who's, which carriers may be in this particular geographic region that need to get back over here. So they, they've got the network. Whereas when you're putting out all these broadcast emails, uh, particularly in this current environment, most brokers and even carriers are going to say, they're not even going to pay any attention to it because they're taking care of their core business, right? 
So the, the shotgun approach in today's environment doesn't work. So we're we're good at that. We're also good at campaigns. I mean, it, when all of a sudden uh, you get uh, a company's doing a special run, for example, they're going to make a product and they need 10 trucks for this special campaign and it's concentrated within a week. They're good at putting those type of resources together as well. And they're good to handle the, uh, you know, what's good about it, just using a broker in general is uh, where you're, you've got your core carriers that pretty much handle you know, your, your core business, right? They, they've got their lanes, their, their preferred lanes that they go to. And you, you, must, you, might, you might say that like 80% of, of your, any shipper's lanes are on, shipments are on 20% of those lanes. But you get all these oddball cats and dogs out there that your core carriers, they'll handle them. Because you tell them you, you got to take the good with the bad or the bad with the good, right? But they may not necessarily be able to provide good service on those lines. So you've got customer service issues and things. Right. Well, let your broker handle those. They most likely can match those up with carriers that uh, can provide better service in those areas. So right. that's okay. Yeah. So that that's a that's a I guess a key reason why someone might typically go to a broker, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than trying to negotiate either what these routes right. or the contracts yourself um use a broker who's well connected yes um would it be fair to say understands the roots yeah or is that not part of what a broker really is uh, advising or opining on they no they they understand the roots they understand the markets also so they'll they'll know which carriers are are, are can handle that those particular lanes out there so they, they understand the market a lot better than, let's say, somebody sitting in the shipping department uh, and that sends out the broadcast email. So they're, they've got people, uh, most brokers, uh, the, the established brokers have got many, many, many years of experience uh, sitting there doing, handling all the operations. And that's one of the things that my role is basically, I'm an agent, but I don't, I don't get involved in the day-to-day. So I find the business for them, bring it to them, help it onboard it and then as far as placing orders dispatching trucks handling billing issues and things like that that's all done at the headquarters up in connecticut yeah different so, different uh different, different role and function right different different role and function exactly i mean <clears throat> excuse me I, i'm not the i'm not the the broker that's sitting there going out and looking at the load boards every day right and trying to match trucks up with shipments and things that's that's all done up there in the, in the headquarters Right, so really, I'm, right. I'm just more of an agent. How are you um, sourcing your clients? Uh, what I'm doing is uh, really a couple of things. Uh, of course, I have a lot of contacts in the industry, right? Right. So I've been getting referrals from people. Like I had one this morning where uh, I talked with uh, somebody and he said, hey, John, I'm going to refer so-and-so to you because they need some help with bulk shipment and they have no idea what they're doing. So sure. Have them call me. So that, that, and then also just going into talking to my contacts in the industry that I have, have contacts with them in LinkedIn. Right. Of course yeah. I was in the industry for 40 years. So I, I have contacts all over the place. Uh, I used to be a, I was a board member also for the Southwest association of rail shippers. Um, which is based out of Houston. And I have a lot of contacts there. So really just mining my old contacts, uh, using Sales Navigator on LinkedIn as well. That's That's been a very good tool. Uh, so I'll go in and let's say I'll pull up a company called Allnex, all right? And 
all right, who do I know there? And then come to find out with that company, I knew the CEO. So right. I, I got a hold of him and he said, oh yeah, he says, contact this person. So uh, he contacted him and we just signed him up, uh, just wrapped up the deal today. And it's funny that- Fantastic. Yeah, my, my other colleague who's an agent for Bolt Connection said, John, I've been trying to get them for years and I couldn't even get a response. <laughs> I said, well, you know, sometimes it all really go boils down to who you know. <laughs> right. And, and, it, and it's so, relationships. It's, it's, it's the relationships, right? That's what I was going to say. It is relationship yeah. and, it's, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's about trust. And that's not just right. in our industry or your industry. It's, it's hopefully, you know, that's the way it should be in, in many industries as well. Um, you know, if you don't, if you haven't forged that trust, then right. it's going to be very difficult, I think, to pick up the phone and cold call someone. Mm-hmm. Are you, um, are you surprised by maybe some of the issues that certain companies are facing in the sense of maybe they don't know what they don't know? Yeah, I, I, I am. Uh, I, I am, but, but then again, I'm not, uh, <laughs> there's, well, there's, there's, there's certain companies that actually value logistics they understand that it's a critical link uh and let's say you you can differentiate yourself by having a good supply chain good logistics process in place using good carriers that provide excellent service but there's others that look at it purely as a commodity and when it's looked at as a commodity and they just throw bids out every year you get what you pay for Um, yeah i had that happen to one time uh with one of the companies where uh the senior management brought in the consultants. All right. So we had to throw everything out on bid and uh, had one of the guys, for example, arguing with me that uh, we were bidding out bulk Marines, so bulk vessels. He said, it's no different than cell phones or hotels. I said, "Uh, absolutely wrong. So I got in arguments with the guy and uh, we wound up having to low bid some trucking, for example. And uh, within about, six months to a year, we went back to our preferred supplier because, because the low bid process didn't work. Uh, so with, with what I do, because it's, uh, it is chemicals and uh, you want to make sure you want to have the longer term relationships with your suppliers uh, because they get to know the business, right? And we get to know them as well. You have your quarterly business reviews so you can have open and honest dialogue. For example, we always encouraged our carriers to, if you go to one of our facilities and there's an issue, safety issue or whatever, bring it to our attention. Or if you got a driver that goes into a customer and they treat them like crap or they've got safety issues at the, at the delivery side, well, let us know uh, and we'll, we'll address it. So it's, it's being able to have that open dialogue back and forth where you can talk to them about the good things and you can talk to them about the bad things. So, you know, and it's just the open, honest uh, relationship. So you, you pick up the phone and call them, Hey, this is going on, take care of it and he'll do it and vice versa. So longer term partnerships, like for example, and we more or less uh, told our carriers that stay competitive, be safe and legal. And we're not going to throw your business out for bid. Right. But but we've, we've, we've got to maintain that. We've got to make sure that safety is number one. It's paramount. Um, And if there are safety issues, we address it immediately. Uh, you've got to stay legal, right? You've got to stay competitive and have, have good service. So it's really Absolutely. longer-term relationships. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And um, then you, with, with chemicals, for example, since I dealt with all modes, 
Uh, rail is a, was also a challenge with, with rail. I mean, most of the time you have one choice, but you know, with the railroads also, I found that uh, with railroads, you have to look for competitive options. If you have water options that you can use as competition, or if you have truck options, or you can do a swap with a competitor, uh, as long as you build up a story, credible story and a relationship with the railroads, you, you can negotiate some good rates with them as well. But we we right. had good relationships with the railroads for the most part as well. We dealt with a, you, you ever heard of Lashako? Freight forwarder called Lashako? No. They're based out of Bremen, Georgia. I mean, Georgia, Bremen, Germany. Uh, but uh, they have an office in Houston that we dealt with uh, when I was with, with uh, Selenese and with Oxaya. And they are, they're really a, they were a good group of people. We had quarterly business reviews with them and they handled all of our export document, really globally, export and import documentation for us. Uh, they they uh, they were our uh, NVOCC, so non-vessel operator care, whatever you call it. There, where yeah, they would book the containers for us, and uh, so and then we would just pay them a flat fee, and then they would take care of the coordination, ship, and payment up to the best uh, steamship lines. Uh, they also had an ISO tank division also that sat right next to them there in Houston. But they they really they helped us out a lot. And then we always had a couple of import export coordinators in, in our office as well that right. were the main interfaces. Um, and that was one thing that was nice about uh, Oxea is we were only about 45 people in the headquarters uh, in, in Dallas. So it was a nice small group. We, I knew it. We knew everybody. I mean, you, you yeah. needed to talk to somebody in finance down the hall or marketing or operations or supply chain or uh, accounting. Everybody was right there. It was, it was, it was a nice environment. Yeah. We all yeah. Knew everybody. Uh, how do you, you know, one of the things that I've seen is uh, it's a lot of these larger companies are pushing these really crazy extended payment terms, 60 days, 90 days and forcing them on, on some of the smaller suppliers. So I guess in that situation, are they having to use factoring companies or whatever to kind of tie them over? Because you know, like a trucking company, they're paying their drivers on a weekly basis, but if they're not getting paid from the big giant chemical companies in 60 days, I mean, that's gotta be a huge cash flow issue for them. Or, or maybe you, you know, you probably know better than I do, but maybe you, once you get over the hump, are you okay? Because money's coming in and it's going out, but you got this 60 day period where you got to figure out how how to survive. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. Um, mm -hmm. A couple of individuals that I've spoken to have suggested that factoring might not necessarily always be the way, mm -hmm. uh, the way forward. But um, I don't know what, I, often, I, I'm, I'm still relatively green, I guess, and naive in, in that sense of supply chain. Yeah, I, I am too. <laughs> and not necessarily able to opine on like what would be a good alternative. Right. I mean, factoring, um, for me, it kind of does feel like it could be the right solution. Um, you know, take your payment today, but you're obviously taking it at, at, a, at a discount. Right. Because you're, uh, you're getting paid early. How are you finding that transition, by the way, from uh, get, well, you know, being on the sales side? Well, I, uh, I miss the steady paycheck and the benefits and <laughs> – contribution to 401k and all that but yeah uh, uh but you know what if i was on the other side still right now i'd be at home in my office right now anyway like i am now 
So I, I'm really kind of in, enjoying it, I think, because uh, I am my own boss now, right? Uh, I'm a one-person show. I, I mean, I, I have, I'm an agent for several different firms out there, but as far as you know, I'm my own, my own boss, and I can be as creative as I want to be, and uh, so I like it. It's, like I said, Art said earlier, it's probably something I wouldn't have done. I would have been too scared to do it right i would have liked the security of of being uh working for a company but the, the last company i worked for uh i didn't enjoy it i wouldn't have stayed anyway i wouldn't probably would have stayed through covid but that's that's another <laughs> that's another yeah. story there but uh no i i liked my my job but i didn't like the, the company or the environment so uh this right. is this is this is a fresh change it's a good opportunity for me and uh, like I say, I've, it's uh, so far it's it's taken a while to get off the ground, but it's but it's been it's been very positive. Yeah. So, okay. And I'm well, looking I'm forward to being to... able to get out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being when things open up to be able to get out and go to some industry associations, go down to Houston and visit a bunch of the folks that I know and different conferences and things. But hey. yeah. So that's one of the things that I miss actually being face to face with with clients uh, right. and prospects and, and, and also the conferences as right. well, you know, having been at probably two or three of those, maybe a bit more, you know, a few more uh, mm-hmm. each year for several days at a time in some cases um, and, and just mixing socially, um, right. professionally, cre- you know, building that, that connection, that right. contact base. It's not been, it's not been too bad. I think like the, the adapt uh, the adaption to, to zoom, having conversations like mm-hmm. this, I'd much, uh, you know, I think, going back 12 months, how many people had actually heard of Zoom? Right. Um, or how many people maybe had heard of Zoom but never felt used massively, it. yeah, never used it and felt massively yeah. uncomfortable right. um, being in this kind of environment, right? Uh, now I think that even post, let's, you know, let's, let's say there's going to be a post-COVID because mm-hmm. if not then, well, we, you know, we're probably more doomed <laughs> than we realise. But once we get back into that environment where we're at least comfortable getting on planes and people are comfortable mm. receiving us, uh, I think I'd still replace my phone conversations with a video com- conversation, mm. you know, yeah. provided the other person was receptive to doing that. You know, I like, I do like this, this environment um, more than I, I thought I probably would. It's never going to replace that face to face. Never, never. Um, but, but it's a good alternative in, in the current in the current environment and you make a you make a real good point there as well uh rather than just phone conversations this is more personal i i, I like this better you know it's, so it's something that i probably wouldn't have evolved to i mean we do facetime with my family i got a lot of family members down in houston and things like yeah. that but but in the in the business environment uh we really didn't use it much right we just pick up the phone and call somebody and uh yeah i, I like this it means yeah, I gotta, I gotta get dressed in the morning and all that stuff. But well, <laughs> which is okay. Well, one of the things I've done though, which has been really pretty nice, except for this crappy weather we've had re- uh, re- recently, is uh, I've replaced my commute with exercise. So uh, I get out in the morning and I'll go run or I'll go bike ride. And I alternate days. Well, since it's been so cold, I'm trying to do that in the afternoon. But uh, yeah, I, I had over ten thousand steps every day for last year. So it's something that I wouldn't have done if I was still driving an hour each way to, to the office. Yeah. Uh, certainly don't, certainly don't miss the traffic. <laughs> it's for darn sure. Uh, yeah. You know, I haven't been on an airplane since December of 2019. And, 
I, I flew quite often before, uh, but I haven't been on a plane since. And uh, I don't miss the airplane, ha- the airport hassles and all that. Uh, the one thing I do miss uh, with when I was with the chemical industries, I get over to Europe about once a year, once every other year. Yeah. And uh, I got a good friend who was my boss. Now he's a good friend and lives over in the Netherlands. So we let's go visit him in the Netherlands. Then I go over to Germany and I still have a lot of contacts in Germany and Frankfurt area. So yeah. I do, I do miss that. But you know, when things have lighten up the wife and I'll go over there. So yeah. we want to hit, we want to hit London. We've got a good friend in London. Uh, go visit him and then go visit my, my friend in the Netherlands and then go to Germany. So we never did. We, when we lived there, we never hit Paris. So we need to do that too. <laughs> right. Right. And, and you'll, I mean, you, you'll appreciate, <clears throat> excuse me, having been to Europe a couple of times, how easy it is to hop from one city to another. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's certainly a benefit of, of living in London as I was mm-hmm. before we, uh, before we moved across being able to jump around all over the place. But like you, I haven't been on a plane actually since, uh, you know what? It's almost coming up a year. So it was the yeah. end of March okay. last year. And I think, yeah, so it's probably like around about, just put a random number on it, right? The 23rd of March. By the 5th of April, say, that was the longest I'd never been on a plane okay. <laughs> in 20 years. Right. So uh, yeah, I was I was typically getting like 70, 80 flights a year. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah. And when I, when I lived in the UK, uh, I I too like you was traveling to an office. So it was like mm-hmm. a good hour and a half in one direction and out uh, in the morning, and an hour and a half to two hours mm. coming wow. home of an evening. Yeah. Um, and d- like having that environment as well as eighty flights a year. Mm-hmm. I just, I felt like I wasn't seeing the family. And, right. and um, at that stage, um, when we decided to make the move to the US, we had a two-year-old who's now coming okay. up eight. Um, and so moving from that environment where I was really not seeing him and I felt like as a parent, that's just, there's zero right. quality <laughs> in that, you know, at all. Um, to, to working from home. And I would say that over the course of the last six years, I think my relationship with, uh, with, with our son is is better than it would have been had I have been still right. in the UK. So having you know having this, and then over the last twelve months has probably benefited even more so with not mm-hmm. even being on a plane. Right. So you know every morning has been breakfast, every evening has been dinner together, and that's been well, you, there's no for me there's no no price that you can put on having that kind of environment. So I've really, uh, I've really enjoyed that and really benefited yeah. from that. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at the, you got to look at the, the positives and I've, I've become a hell of a good cook. <laughs> I was a good cook, <laughs> but I've, I've, I've really honed up my skills quite a bit. So. <laughs> well, I, again, if, if I wanted to mirror that comment, I would say I've become a much better heater. Okay. Food. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to use the phrase cook because if I did and my wife ever saw this, she would be like, yeah, you could do more, a lot more. I can warm it up really good. <laughs> I can, yeah, yeah. I can, I can cook beans like nobody right. else. You know? uh, it's probably a, a way I might phrase that. All right, my friend. Okay. Um, listen, I'll let you go. Have a great, have a wonderful weekend. You too. You too. And thank you very much. And mm-hmm. um, good luck with everything. Keep my fingers crossed that uh, no more, you know, frozen pipes and exactly. Um, that's the only weather. thing I'm a little concerned about is some outside pipes as things start thawing out. I think we're okay. Okay, but like you say, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you're not used to it, 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 it's a bit of a shock. So yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, John. Yep. You have a good one. All right. Thanks, Talk man. Yeah. All take right. care of yourself.
Bye-bye. You too.